Star Wars by the MRC Tech is a Star Wars-focused podcast bringing you the latest news in the galaxy, book, comic, movie reviews, and insightful discussions with the community. Star Wars by MRC Tech delivers fresh Star Wars content to your headspace. Welcome to Star Wars by MRC Tech. Episode 5, everyone, and welcome to Star Wars by the MRC Tech. I am your host, Sean, and we are happy to have you as we travel through the unknown regions. We're recording on January 2nd, 2020, and here's what we're doing today. On our agenda, we're going to cover Project Luminous. We're going to recap the final episodes of Resistance Season 2 And finally, we're going to bring you a special live production of Star Wars The Rise of Kylo Ren, number two, including music, effects, and awesomeness. If you're new to the podcast or you need a reminder, you can support the podcast through donations using PayPal. Support the show so we can maintain equipment and bring even better content to you. Head on over to themrctech.com for more information. If you like game streams, come on out and join me as I play through a series of games on Twitch and Facebook. Follow the MRC Tech on Twitch at MRC Tech. Like the page, join the chat, have fun, and join us on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays starting at about 930 p.m. Without further ado, let's get on in to our hyperspace spot. Ready? Punch it! In today's hyperspace spot, we're going to be covering a future project that was announced many, many moons ago, I believe, at the last celebration of Star Wars. And this project is called, drum roll, Project Luminous. According to wikipedia.com, starwars.fandom.com to be more specific, Project Luminous is an upcoming project being worked on by Caven Scott, Claudia Gray, Charles Soule, Daniel Jose Older, and Justina Ireland which spans both comics and books to tell one cohesive story. It is set to be released in 2020. Details about the project are scheduled to be revealed at an event on February 24, 2020. Here's some information on the development. The idea of Project Illuminous came from Lucasfilm Publishing's creative director, Michael Siglane, who individually 
approached each author in the summer of 2018 about getting to work on what he then called the All-Star Initiative. To Kevin Scott, Seglane revealed the project over breakfast while both were at San Diego Comic-Con 2018, but he didn't say who else would be working on Luminous yet. A few months later, in September of 2018, all five of the authors who had signed on for Luminous were taken to Skywalker Ranch in California, where they began to flesh out the story beyond the project parameters. They were also joined by the Lucasfilm Publishing Editorial Team and Lucasfilm Story Group. They stayed for a few days, spending most of their time discussing the project. But they also got to see a 4K screening of A New Hope. Then they went to the Skywalker Ranch one more time in March of 2019 and saw a 4K cut of The Empire Strikes Back. Project Luminous was revealed one month later at the Star Wars Celebration Chicago Lucasfilm Publishing Writers' Roundtable on Monday, April 15th, 2019. And Clayton Sandell, at Clayton underscore Sandell, basically revealed that the countdown is on. Star Wars Project Luminous 22420, hashtag Star Wars, hashtag Project Luminous is well underway. This is a very, very cool project. Uh, all of the authors on this project I have read in some way, shape, or form. Every single one of these authors is tied to Star Wars. We'll start with Claudia Gray, who wrote the, star, uh, wrote the books Lost Stars, read it. Bloodline, read it. Leia, Princes of Alderaan, read it. Master and Apprentice, read it. All very, very good books. Let's follow it up with Justina Ireland, who wrote some of the things called Lando's Luck, Reddit, and Spark of the Resistance. Also read it. They were decent books, although they were sort of for a younger audience. We got Danielle Jose Alder, who has worked on Born in the Storm from a Certain Point of View, and the Han Solo and Lando Calrissian standalone novel called Last Shot, which I enjoyed very much. Next, we have Kevin Scott, who has worked on many different works, including Star Wars Adventures in Wild Space, not too familiar with it. Uh, Time of Death, not too familiar with it. Star Wars Adventures as a whole, not too familiar with it. But he also wrote Dooku Jedi Lost, which is like a screenplay uh, audio production presentation of a very interesting time in the galaxy. So he definitely has some uh, credit to him. And then finally, we have Charles Soule. Charles Soule has been absolutely integral in the comic space, uh, writing the following or being involved with it. Star Wars Lando, Star Wars Obi-Wan and Anakin, Star Wars Podameron, Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, the Angle, from a certain point of view, Star Wars Battlefront 2, Star Wars The Rise of Kylo Ren, Marvel Comics 1000, Empire Ascendant Number 1, and in general, Star Wars Comics. So, you know, Kev's, or I'm sorry, Charles has been kind of super duper involved in the Star Wars lore, in addition to all of the different authors. So it's just a very exciting time, especially if you're a book and comic reader like I am. I'm looking forward to a, a nice story. Uh, maybe it leads into the movie somehow. Maybe it leads into Disney Plus somehow. But 
We'll be able to report back in 22 days or so about Project Luminous. So stay tuned for more information. Stick to the podcast or you can sort of follow the hashtag Project Luminous on Twitter if you want to absolutely stay in the know. This has been your hyperspace spot for Episode 5. As we make our way into the Resistance Report, we're going to be covering Episode 16 called No Place Safe. The episode opens up with Doza, Yeager, and the Queen touring the marketplace. Yeager and Kaz, they have a little chat. Kaz informs Yeager that he wants to leave. He contacts the Resistance spy Norrath, who was in the episode, and they helped escape. Doza and Kaz speak again, and there's some good moments between Kaz and uh, Doza at this time. And in fact, I'll give Kaz some credit. He has grown up a bit since we've uh, first uh, gotten to know him. On the other side of the galaxy, we have uh, Pride's Star Destroyer sending out some probes, uh, some probe droids to gather some intel about the resistance. DT-533, a.k.a. Tamra, is speaking with her friend who also came from the Colossus Blonde Hair. I don't really know his name. Doesn't matter. But I know that he gave some crucial information that said that the First Order has secured most major systems. And it's only a matter of time until they find the Colossus uh, the episode's silliness goes to Niku. Uh, he's just super upset that Kaz is leaving and, like, won't let him go, and it's kind of annoying. Uh, Tora is definitely mad but understanding. Sonara is sort of indifferent. And we find out that Kaz is going to rendezvous with Norath near Batu, which is super cool. Uh, Yeager allows him to take the fireball as his ship. This is a super nice moment between Yeager, Kaz, and Bucket as they're sort of saying their final goodbyes. Some nice, beautiful shots of Kaz leaving in the Colossus and breaking atmosphere. It's sort of, sort of beautiful, sort of nice for the story. But uh-oh, in the background, a First Order probe droid sort of catches Kaz in the middle of leaving. It fires some homing missiles. Uh, there's a little bit of a chase, and the droid is destroyed, but the fireball and CB disabled floating in space. Meanwhile, the probe droid is able to send a picture of Kaz's fireball ship back to the Star Destroyer, and they realize that it is in the, uh, the system of Eos Prime. Kaz has to think on his feet. He invokes the voice of Yeager, which is actually pretty funny, and he ends up uh, re-enabling CB, and then CB pops out of the cockpit. Well, not the cockpit, but where the droid sits, the droid bay, and starts working on the thrusters, which I thought was pretty cool. He uses a little grappling hook, and then uses a little torch to kind of have at some mechanical skill. We cut to the First Order. They've jumped to hyperspace. They're scrambling their TIE fighters, and Tamra realizes that she will have to take down the Colossus. 
After Kazuto gets his ship back up and running, he informs CB that they're not going to the Resistance. Instead, they are going to warn the others that the First Order can potentially find them. He flies into the ship in the hangar, and again, in an annoying display of affection, Niku is hanging all over Kaz as Kaz is trying to speak to Doza. I actually got physically uncomfortable, and I was like really awkward about it. And Niku, you're starting to become an annoyance to me, so knock it off. We see uh, the First Order Star Destroyer enters the atmosphere and sends out TIEs and TIE Bombers, which is a really cool thing because I don't think we've seen the TIE Bomber in any of the movies. The Queen invokes that they will help the uh, Resistance, the Colossus, escape as they showed them the light in the galaxy again and how there can be good people. Yeager allows Kaz to take his ship, and Kaz is super excited about that, and all of the aces launch to hold off the First Order attack. The bombers are dropping ion bombs onto the thrusters to disable them from launching, but the fishmen, the Aeosians, or Aeosians, or whatever you want to call them, take out the bombers and the TIE fighters with their spears that apparently have ion disabling capabilities there's a beautiful beautiful shot of the star destroyer coming through the clouds of the planet just a really nice shot and the aces decide to take on that star destroyer head-on attack throughout the battle uh, there's little cuts here to tamra to kaz back to tamra to kaz finally dt533 locks on to yeager's ship aka kaz and uh, chasing him, has a bead on him, but won't fire. Kaz then fires his proton torpedo at the bridge, and DT-533 deftly takes out that proton torpedo before it can hit the bridge. The Colossus ends up escaping, and Pride is not concerned for General Hux, but I imagine he's more concerned about Kylo Ren. Kaz and Yeager end up speaking about Tam because Kaz thinks that he felt that Tamra was out there and he feels that Tamra locked on him and that if he didn't fire the proton torpedo that Tamra would have taken him out. And we find out that Yeager is completely out on Tamra. But to me, it feels like that Kaz still has some hope that she might come back to their side. At the end of this episode, we cut to Tamra in her bunk and Agent Tierney and Lieutenant Gallic commend Tamara for her bravery, her courage, and her skill as a pilot, and promote her to second squadron commander in the First Order. And Tamara is sort of shocked. She's taken aback, and the episode ends with just an ominous feeling of what's going to happen next. So with a few episodes left in Resistance as a whole... We have the Colossus still on the run. We have Tamara being promoted in the First Order, uh, sort of solidifying her resolve in the First Order. And we don't really know what's going to happen next outside of there's a mention of Batu. there's a mention that the First Order is securing systems, and it just seems that the Colossus is going to come to a brutal end. Uh, only time will tell. Obviously, 
we know the end of the story with the First Order and Exegol and the Rise of Skywalker. So it's just a matter of time until the Resistance wins, I guess. But for the story of the Colossus and Doza and Torah and Yeager and Niku and all of the Ace Pilots, we'll just have to find out in the next few episodes what happens to them. Onward to Episode 17. Episode 17 of Star Wars Resistance is called Rebuilding the Resistance, and it opens up with a nice bang for X-Wing. Resistance X-Wing approach the Colossus, and we realize it's Doza's wife, Vanessa. We haven't seen her in quite some time. There's an awesome meetup between Torch and Bucket. He's a colorful astromech who works under Vanessa. Lots of personality there. Uh, Vanessa asks the Colossus if they could help in a mission for the Resistance. We meet Hugh, who knows Kaz from the New Republic Navy. They're searching for people to join the Resistance, and they're located on Dantooine, a uh, currently occupied First Order planet. Now, we know Dantooine from the original Star Wars A New Hope when... Uh, Grand Moff Tarkin is asking Leia where the rebel base is. She says Dantooine, and uh, they end up blowing up Alderaan. So that's pretty fun. It's a good connection. They're going to break out the recruits, uh, the recruits, and it's a delicate situation. Doza uh, allows Vanessa to have three Ace volunteers: Tora, Kaz, and Hype Phazon. They're going to extract the transports from Planet Side. Vanessa gives a wonderful speech that just goes along the lines of the theme of the sequel trilogy, which is We Are the Spark. Vanessa and Yeager talk, and Vanessa tells Yeager that she saw and spoke to Tam, and he instructs Yeager, and she instructs Yeager to just give Tam some time. We find out that Vanessa's squadron is called Jade Squadron. And her X-Wing is pretty cool. I think I've mentioned it before on the Resistance Report way back in December. Uh, but one thing I noticed that was new is that she has an 8-engine eight eight turbine. So that's pretty awesome. We get a awesome space battle as they enter the atmosphere. And Kez, uh, Kazudo has some nice shots over Dantooine as they take out some TIE fighters. We switch over to the First Order, and Commander Pyre orders the firing on these transports since their TIE Squadron scouting mission. They've gone dark, so they start to head to Dantooine. In her new position, second in command, Tam objects to the firing on Innocence, but her commander, uh, Commander uh, Grillick, uh, explains to her that she should just stay in line and to follow orders. Agent Tierney speaks to Tam about this and about her comlink, which she hid, and she's happy that Tam is uh, progressing through the First Order and how Tierney was not a recruit of the First Order, that she joined because she needed order in her life and that she hopes Tam will follow in her footsteps. We go back to the Resistance and they find the three transports and they go in convoy formation. They Transmit the coordinates to the Colossus and oh no, out of the clouds. Again, another episode where the Star Destroyer comes out of the clouds. It's like, again, it's another cool shot. The Destroyer 
Uh, Commander Pyre's destroyer comes from the clouds with tons of TIE fighters. Four squadrons of TIE fighters, or TIE fighters, which is pretty cool. Uh, another interesting space battle. There's a cool move from Torch where he's firing off flares. Venisa hits him head on while Hype and Kaz hit him from the flank. Tamra sees Kazuto's ship and she's like, oh no, Kaz is here. Tam gets hit uh, conveniently and spins out of the battle. And ties are getting lit up and destroyed. Transport 2 is hit and loses their hyperdrive. Kaz is hit a little bit. Venisa takes out Gallic, who is about to light up Kaz. Rockland goes in for an attack and takes down a transport. And that transport blows up on the surface. Meanwhile, Tam is trying to recover her TIE fighter. Kazuto ha- realizes that all those innocent people just die and they're gone forever. The entire Resistance Squadron, Jade Squadron, and... Uh, the two transports jump to hyperspace and escape. Tam is then promoted to squad leader because Agent Gallic or Commander Gallic is no longer uh, with them. Rockland prods and says that he should be in command because he's the one that took out the transport. The aces feel very badly for the people that they lost, but Venisa encourages them by saying, It's not about the people we lost. Yes, we'll miss them, but it's about the people who we're going to save in the future. Doza and Vanessa have a nice, nice moment at the end, and Doza allows the Resistance to stay on the Colossus as he realizes that there's no point in running from the fight and that the Colossus is officially joining the fight against the First Order. Overall, Rebuilding the Resistance was a very good episode. I really enjoyed it. You can see the storylines are starting to come together. Uh, our, our, our characters from Resistance are starting to make their way to the saga flicks. I'm pretty jazzed up for the finale, which is going to happen in a few moments. So let's see what happens. We know this happens after The Last Jedi uh, because the Resistance is building. How does the Colossus fit in to the major storyline arc? We'll find out in just a few moments, but this has been episode eight, uh, episode 17 called Rebuilding the Resistance. Well, in the epic conclusion, the hour-long episode of season two of Resistance titled The Escape, the team of the Resistance creators definitely left The best for last as Team Colossus is put to the ultimate test against the First Order. Let's see how it all shook out. We open up with the First Order as they're in hyperspace. Tam complains about the amount of work they've been doing. And Rocklin explains that they are here to take care of pockets of resistance. They show up back at Aeos Prime. And then out of nowhere, 10-plus Star Destroyers show up and they orbitable bombard the planet of Eos, taking out all of those innocent bystanders. And Tam is just broken. And this is her turning point in the story. And I just wrote down a giant yikes because it's definitely 
a huge problem. Tam is super conflicted. She ends up reprogramming a little mouse droid to help her get out of here. General Hux then appears to Pyre and Tierney. And, uh-oh, watch out. Kylo Ren himself, the supreme leader, shows up and says to them that if they do not take care of the resistance, small or big, that they will be taken care of. Then he uses the force from a distance to force Pyre and Tierney to point guns at each other, asking if they understand. And they absolutely say yes, and it's definitely an awesome part in uh, the final episode here. Tam ends up getting her comlink back as they set it up in the last episode. She almost gets caught, but gets away. On the other side of the galaxy, Kaz gets good at being a mechanic, as Niku sort of uh, explains this. Tam communicates with Nico through a special mechanics code that they would use to make fun of Kaz or in the early episodes. Kaz and Yeager go to Doza to explain the situation uh, that she has had a change of heart and Doza uh, advises that they take the First Order shuttle to Castellon, the original setting of Star Wars Resistance Season 1. And to add to good measure, Vanessa adds a May the Force be with you. Back to the First Order. Rockland asks what Tam is about to do uh, as Tam is preparing for a quote-unquote training mission, and it seems like Tierney is on to her. We uh, fast forward to Castellan as um, Kaz and Yeager are sort of hanging out on one of the racing rings. Uh, we find out that Tam's team, which is just a squadron of three, has hyperdrives as they make the jump from the First Order Star Destroyer to Castellan. Tierney discovers that the comm is gone, and she knows something is afoot. Yeager and Kaz have a nice moment on the ring, and then all of a sudden the ties start up, and they fire on to the ring. And it's a pretty cool sequence as the ring is spinning, and CB is getting the transport settled and ready. Uh, Tam knocks out Rockland, who is uh, her wingmate in this fake training mission. Tam ends up taking out all the TIE fighters, and we have a nice moment between Kaz and Tam, who never gave up with her. And then a weird, interesting moment, actually it was kind of an uncomfortable moment between Jaeger and Tam, where you'd think they were going to embrace, but it really wasn't. Yeager was sort of really hard on her, and uh, Kaz interrupted the moment and said, we got to get out of here. Out of nowhere, Star Destroyer shows up out of hyperspace and just starts firing from orbit, and the blast as it's hitting the water was awesome. Just giant waves and ripples of pure energy hitting the water. The First Order transport, piloted by Yeager, attempt to escape, and as they're clearing atmosphere and they're sending a communique to the Colossus saying that they're on their way, their comms get jammed, they get caught in a tractor beam, and they get sucked into the First Order destroyer. As they're being dragged into the destroyer, uh, Tam and Jaeger sort of have a little conversation about, hey, what should we do? 
Tam mentions the Battle of Jakku maneuver, and Kaz is very lost, and Yeager reluctantly agrees to it. Meanwhile, Rockland wakes up and finds out where the ship has been and uh, plays uh, dead, so to speak. He plays possum, as they would say. Uh, Yeager and Kaz, or excuse me, uh, Tam and Rockland, when the First Order transport finally lands, are taken into custody, and we see executioners, just like we saw in The Last Jedi. Rockland is a little, you know, sneak, and he's a little rat, but they don't care. They're taking them both into custody. Yeager and Kaz and CB escape from the First Order transport, and the Jakku maneuver turns out to be a self-destruct on the First Order transport, and a chase ensues despite the explosion that the First Order transport does in the hangar. We go back to the Colossus, and they haven't heard from Kaz since the communique was cut off, and Tor offers to go help. Doza declines this as they're just trying to buy time. Uh, we find out that the First Order is on their way to the Colossus since Rockland gave up their location. Yeager breaks Tam free uh, and takes out all the stormtroopers. Tam punches Rockland in the face after he finds out that he gave up the Colossus to the to Commander Pyre. Dozer calls a meeting in uh, Aunt Z's uh, cantina. Kaz calls CB to get them onto a turbo lift. Uh, they end up going to engineering to send a signal to warn the Colossus, knowing that it'll give up their location, but they're okay with the sacrifice. Doza's meeting is not going well as he's asking them to fight for the resistance and to de defend the station at all costs. We see some cool inner workings of the Star Destroyer, and that's pretty rad. It sort of reminds me of Rey scavenging through the inner workings and Jedi First Order's Vetner uh, uh, scavenge site, which is pretty cool. Pyre is on his way to engineering with a squadron. Kaz and Tam plead to the Colossus as they get their message through for the for the Colossus to escape. And it's actually a nice heartfelt moment as as you know Kaz is like, it's been a pleasure, but get out of here. We ask we're asking you to get out of here. Uh, we see a little quick snippet of a huge hangar with AT AT walkers, ATST walkers. That's probably not what they're called, but that's what I know them as. And transports, and we have Pyre, who captures uh, Kaz, Tam, and uh, Yeager once again. Meanwhile, CB sort of sneaks away. The Colossus, uh, inspired by the sacrifice that Tam and Kaz make, prepare for battle. Tierney expresses her disappointment in Tam on the First Order Bridge. Uh, she asks why you decided to go back to Yeager. What did Yeager give you? And Tamra says that he gave me family. And Kaz, in a joking way, says, well, it doesn't matter because we told the Colossus to get out of here and, and you won't have to worry about them because we warned them. And as they come out of hyperspace, they see the Colossus in the distance and Tierney sneakily looks around and says, now you get to watch your family perish. Oh, boy. Out of nowhere, all these TIE Fighter Squadrons are launched, and I just wrote down, holy moly, that's a lot of TIEs. The Aces and Jade Squadron go to battle them. Uh, Bucket is flying the fireball by himself, which is cool. Tora is crushing it. CB is working to disable the shields of the Star Destroyer. 
which is, by the way, super convenient. CB is sort of an all-star in this episode. If it wasn't for CB, everybody would have died. As the um, Star Destroyer is slowly starting to get uh, blown up and explosions are happening, Kaz, Yeager, and Tam escape the bridge. CB is catches up with them, and now the gang's back together. Yeager takes a clutch shot while they're trying to escape and explodes some canisters, which takes out Pyre's squadron, and Pyre is down. The First Order transports uh, land on the Colossus, and now they are uh, firing away, and the Colossus team is defending. Kaz is down after the explosion, and he can't quite escape the heavy object. Pyre approaches with an executioner axe, and he's about to swing it down on Kaz, and CB fires the bungee cord and holds it still. Pyre disables CB with the executioner's axe. Meanwhile, Kaz has enough time to take down Pyre and knock him out. Team Colossus is crushing it, defending the station at all costs. Tierney is uh, observing the battle on the bridge, and Kylo Ren appears. She asks for reinforcements, and he says that failure will not be tolerated in the First Order, and he force chokes her to death, which is incredible. The Star Destroyer with the shields down is being hit run after run, torpedo after torpedo, blaster after blaster, and the Star Destroyer is down. Our team on the Star Destroyer escape just in time, and as they make landfall onto the Colossus, we find uh, a nice little moment of Bucket towing CB off the transport. Commander Doza shows up, and Tamara has a moment with him. She asks uh, Commander uh, permission to come on board, and uh, Vanessa says, absolutely, you're always welcome to your family. Nico and Tam hug. They haven't seen each other in a while. And we have a nice moment in Aunt Z's cantina. As the story of resistance comes to an end, the Colossus survives. Team, uh, Team Fireball. Team Colossus becomes one. They survive a First Order Star Destroyer. The Star Destroyer is exploding in the background. And our camera fades to black. As Star Wars Resistance Season 2 comes to its conclusion. And like I said, this was a very, very exciting episode. But I have to express my disappointment in the lack of connecting this to the bigger saga. I say this because all they had to do was say, We have found our way to uh, Aging Kloss or whatever, or we're... We're intercepting a transmission from General Leia. Colossus, we need your help. Please meet us at these coordinates. Boom. And that's all you really needed to do to make a connection. And the team dropped the ball. And you know what? It's, it's a little annoying because it's like, well, why did I end up watching Star Wars Resistance? If there's no connection to the saga, to the series as a whole, then why do I care? Now, I guess I'm being a little selfish because... Maybe this is their way of saying that the Skywalker saga is not central to the story. Uh, but it, obviously, with Kylo Ren making an appearance, there's no reason to not have General Leia make an appearance. Like, come on. 
Star Wars. Come on, Lucasfilm. It's just unbelievable that you had this opportunity. Just so many missed opportunities. It's a little frustrating as someone who's consuming all of this content to continually see mistakes being made and connections uh, being missed. And I got to say, I thought Star Wars Season 2 of Resistance overall was just under okay. I complained about it all podcasts. This is the first season that I was able to really cover the entire season. I'd give it a 4 out of 10. There were some really cool episodes with some nice First Order lore and a little bit of connection to the overall story. But when push comes to shove, there was no point to tell Star Wars Resistance. Not one bit. There was no connection to the bigger story. We saw Poe Dameron one time to help that connection in the beginning, and then he virtually disappeared. We just didn't have that anchor point to the bigger Star Wars story, and uh, Season 2 suffered for it. So they had an opportunity, they squandered it, and that ends our Resistance report with a finale that was very good, but overall... I didn't really see the point of having this show at all. We covered episodes 16, 17, and 18, thus ending the Resistance Report on Star Wars by MRC Tech. This is Reading the Stars. Welcome back to Reading the Stars, everybody. We've got a special presentation for you. We're going to be covering The Rise of Kylo Ren number two. And I'm going to attempt to pull off a live production of it in terms of adding audio cues and some music. And the problem is, is that I've never read uh, these before. So the audio cues might be really good or they might be pretty terrible. So... Without further ado, we're going to dive right into The Rise of Kylo Ren, Issue 2. If you remember, in Issue 1, Kylo Ren, well, Ben Solo, is at the Jedi Temple, and he has a conflict with three Jedi, and these Jedi are after him. We find out that Ben Solo takes down, in quotes, Luke Skywalker. We find out that Snoke wears a funky hat, but it ends with Ben Solo uh, going to meet Snoke, and it ends with, I have so much to show you, my boy, and they have these weird embraces, and the Rise of Kylo Ren, I think, is coming out as a monthly issue, so we're in for a special treat today as we dive right into The Rise of Kylo Ren, issue number two. Do you like this place, Ben? It's interesting, Snoke. I am very fond of it. The people who built it were trying to hold back the dark. That was the entire point, to create an oasis of light here in the Great Shadow. 
Do you see how well it worked? Do you see what denying the nature of things brought them? There's skulls and stuff in the background. But you were asking me about the Knights of Ren. Ben says, I think I think I could learn from them. Ben's in his Jedi garb. Close up on Snoke. Yes, perhaps the Knights would be a good stop on your journey. There's only so much I can teach you. At the very least, you would no longer need to deny yourself in the way Luke Skywalker required. But I should say, Ben Solo, Jedi-to-be, the Knights of Ren may not be interested in him. There's a look from Ben Solo. There's a close-up to his mouth. I hate that name, he says. Snoke says, oh, why is that? You are named after legends. Ben says, that's exactly it, Snoke. Obi-Wan Kenobi, big famous Jedi. Everyone thinks I'm supposed to be him. I never even met him. And Solo, did you know that's not even his real name? He's a lie. Everything is a lie. Transmission incoming from General Huck's master, says a robot. I see. Tell Brendel whatever it is will have to wait. I am in the midst of an important conversation. Acknowledged, says the droid. Brendel Huxt, uh, General Hux's father. Who did the droid mean? Who is General Hux, Ben Solo says. Ah, I may not be the most sociable being in the galaxy, but you're not my only friend, Ben, Snoke says. In any case, let us speak no more of these lies. Snoke embraces Ben's back of the head, kind of similar to how he embraced Ray's. What is the truth, my friend? What is your true name? The knights will want you to take it if they let you join them. It is the way of the dark side. When we embrace it fully, we become our truest selves. I was not born Snoke. I became Snoke. Who will you become? Oh yes, I see it in your mind. That is good. Very good. Ben says, no, it's stupid. Something I thought I was when I was a child. Snoke in a very creepy grin says, that is why it is correct. Children's thoughts are pure. They do not practice self-deception. They are who they are. And when you called yourself by that new name, you saw your truth. It represents what you want to do on a deep level. The part of yourself you want to cut away. Snoke sort of uses the force to constrict this skeletal-like creature. Ben Solo seems taken aback. The part you want to kill as he crushes the bones. Perhaps someday you will do it. The galaxy will hear that name and see you. The Knights of Ren could be your first step on that path. They always seek powerful people to join their ranks. But be warned, the price of admission is steep. I don't care, Ben says. I'll pay it. Can you tell me where they are? Snoke says no. Locating the Knights will be your task. A way to prove yourself worthy. Think of everything you know about them. You met them once, did you not? Begin there. 
outside of the planet. When you do find them, says Snoke, my friend, you must not fail. You will join the knights, or you will die. The Rise of Kylo Ren Chapter 2 Ben Solo has left the Jedi Temple in flames after striking down his master, Luke Skywalker. But three of Ben's fellow students survived and are now on his trail, determined to discover the truth. Ben fled to the one person in the galaxy he feels he can trust, a man named Smoke. Ben's path is now uncertain, but his future could lie with the fabled Knights of Ren. Years earlier. You sure about this lore? Looks like it's uh, that same sort of ship. Uh, Y-wing, X-wing, B-wing kind of combined together. As sure as I can be, my contact told me a great deal about this location. Looks like we have Lore Santeca, Luke Skywalker, and a young Ben Solo. I think after all my wanderings, I can recognize the description of a Jedi outpost when I hear it, Luke. I'm not questioning your expertise. I just didn't realize the Jedi ever had an official presence so far from the core. Is all well, my friend? Says Snoke. I sense disquiet in you. I'm fine, Snoke. This is Ben speaking to Snoke. Just off on yet another mission with Master Skywalker to find Jedi artifacts. Lord Santec is here too. He thinks he found something on the edge of the Outer Rim. Almost to the Unknown Regions. It's probably High Republic era, Lore says. It was a time of greatly expanded Jedi activity throughout the galaxy. Interesting. High Republic being mentioned immediately in number two. Is that a hint to the future? Some planet called Elfrona. All this way to find some old junk Master Luke will lock away in his temple and never use. Snoke says, the Jedi have always been good at that. They consider themselves masters of the Force in every sense. At least he could have let me fly the ship. It would give me something to do. He's an amazing teacher, very strong. I've learned so much from him, but he never seems to want me to use any of it. Your master thinks of you as a child, says Snoke. Realize your true capabilities. Someday he'll, he will realize your true capabilities. Luke says, We're just about there, Ben. If this place is everything Lor Santeca believes, we could find some new insights into the old Jedi. Maybe some interesting weapons, too. I know that you like that sort of thing. Entirely possible. Kyber crystals have powered many tools over the generations, not just sabers. Luke turns back to Ben. I'm glad you came along, Ben. Ben to Luke. Yes, Master Skywalker. So am I. Ifrona. Well, that's impressive. Big Jedi temple in the background. I agree. Well preserved and the entrance looks intact. This could be quite a find. 
Luke says, let's go in, see what's there. Be ready for anything. Just because it's sealed up doesn't mean there's nothing dangerous inside. I found a lightsaber in a place like this once, but the whole thing was a setup, a trap. Almost killed me. Hmm, that's interesting. Ben says, by the way, it's a very large proportioned head on a small teenager-like body, and I'm just going to be honest with you, it doesn't look great. I understand, Master, Ben says. I'll be careful. Ooh, they're inside the temple. Looks very cool. This isn't an outpost. It's a treasure trove, says Luke. The Jedi of the time must have used this as a stored site and been unable to return to gather these items. This is truly fortunate and convenient, as I might add. This might be even better than Jocasta News Cash. Pretty amazing, eh, Ben? Think of everything we can learn here as he's looking at a Jedi holocron that looks eerily like the holocrons in Galaxy's Edge. It's wonderful, Master, truly. Wait, do you sense that, Ben says? It feels, and they both say, cold. Well, hello there, Ren says of the Knights of Ren. Ren says, everything here is ours. We're going to take it, but how we take it is up to you. Your call, friends. Luke says, you're wrong. So, so wrong. This is a Jedi outpost. Everything in it belongs to the Jedi Order, which, at the moment, means me. I am the last Jedi. And he looks back at Ben, though not for long. Luke says, even if I had no claim to these things, I wouldn't let you take them. I can sense the dark side in you, in all of you. You will leave here with nothing but your lives. All right, let's show this old fools what's what and get what we came here for. Ben says, this is Jedi Master Luke Skywalker. He is a legend. Yeah? Well, I'm Ren. These are the Knights of Ren. And we're legendary. Lightsaber ignites. Lore, get back. Stay out of the fight. Ben, protect him. I will. He'll be safe with me, Ben says. But Master, what about you? There are seven of them. Oh, I'll be just fine. The very last Jedi, Ren says, and my very first. Almost ashamed to see you go. Then again, I suspect we have some serious ideological differences. And this ain't that big a galaxy. Luke says... Can we just skip to the part where you all run out of here crying? Ren says, Knights, you are released. The Knights attack Luke Skywalker with blasters blazing. Ben yells, Master! Take him, he's only one man! I am one man, but I am not alone. Luke pushes back one night. The Force is my ally. And it is powerful. Luke throws back the Knights of Ren. Ren is a little frustrated at this. You're clumsy. Untrained. You use the dark side like a hammer. But this light side is a blade. And so am I. Magnificent, Lorsenteca says. Luke says, had enough? Ain't over yet. We've still got the numbers. And he says, Shh, 
and he pulls all the weapons to him. You sure about that? And he breaks all of the Knights of Ren's weapons, which is awesome. Ren says, guess it's just me and my pretty red lightsaber. Huh? I'll tell you, this blade wasn't easy to get. If you want it, you'll have to take it. You probably can. You're strong, that's obvious. But before you try, there's something you should know. I just flipped the kill switch. This blade leaves my hand, it blows, and it takes you, me, the kid, your old explorer friend, all this fancy garbage with it. What now, Jedi man? Seems like that's up to you, Luke says, but I wouldn't assume it'll go the way you expect. Yeah, I can see that, Ren says. Like I said, you're strong, I think. I'll take my people and go. Let you have this one. Life's too much fun to die. Ren says, but one more thing. You said you could sense the shadow in all of us. That's right, we've all got it. But you know your apprentice does too, right? Powerful. Can feel it. Better be careful, Jedi man. Close up to Luke's eyes. It's time for you to leave. Ren says, yeah, I know, and pulls off his helmet. Hey, kid. He's kind of a strong jaw, white hair, blue eyes. You sure this is the life for you? You do know there are other paths, right? Last chance, Luke says. I hear you, Jedi man. We're going. But kid, you ever want to try something a little different? Learn more about your shadow? Come, look us up. Ren's helmet's on the floor. To present time, Ben Solo picks up the Knights of Ren helmet. He puts it on. In his head, Hey kid, was wondering if we'd ever hear from you again. Ben says, I need to go somewhere. Snoke said maybe you would. Hmm, Snoke? Yeah. Okay, come to Van Rack in the mid-rim. We'll be there for a bit. Ben takes the helmet off. Ben? I'm sorry, says the three Jedi. This is over. You have nowhere left to run. End of issue two. Wow, that was really awesome, I gotta say. I hope the production of it was okay for you. Let me tell you, it was a lot of fun to put together. Uh, hopefully it sounds right. But on sale next, The Rise of Kylo Ren number three. Ben Solo faces his fellow Jedi in battle. And there's a price to pay to join the fabled Knights of Ren. A deadly one. Coming out February 12th, 2020. Well, my friends, that brings us to the end of Episode 5. Episode 5 went through a lot of different revisions as I was trying to gather up enough uh, research and information to bring it to you. Like I said, we're in this weird lull in Star Wars where not a lot is happening. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes things happening. So I'm working on uh, giving you as much of the current information as I can, including the novels and comics, and it just takes a good amount of time to put it into coherent sentences and great thoughts for you. But here's what we covered on Episode 5. 
We talked about Project Luminous. Be on the lookout at the end of this month for an awesome announcement. We finished off Resistance Season 2, and my thoughts on it are kind of negative. And then we finished with the second issue of The Rise of Kylo Ren, which is actually a really good issue. And there was a live production of it with some music and effects, and let me know how that turned out for you on your end. It's been a pleasure bringing this content to you on another weekly basis. Star Wars by MRC Tech is going strong. I'm proud of this podcast, and hopefully you feel the same way. Hopefully I'm bringing some new and interesting content uh, compared to other Star Wars podcasts out there. I'm not exactly about you know breaking news and anything like that, but I am about giving you sort of my perspective on the current storylines and all that jazz. It's been a pleasure serving you in Episode 5 of Star Wars by the MRC Tech. And as they say in a galaxy far, far away, especially in the unknown regions, may the Force be with you. Star Wars by MRC Tech, created by Sean, found on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, can be streamed from mrctechllc.com. Follow Sean and MRC Tech on all the socials. Search out MRC Tech and you will surely find them. Catch all the exciting Star Wars action in a podcast form. But don't forget, MRC Tech also streams content like games and Lego builds and is also a tech specialist. Reach out if you ever need help. Music provided by Incompetech, the Baltic House Orchestra, Pandemics, and ChillHop.com. Copyrighted 2020. Cheers, and may the Force be with you.